Folks, hello and welcome to another episode of the Burning Bridges podcast with Uncle Riles. I'm your host, the man himself, Uncle Riles, and man, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, first podcast that I've done in a couple days. I think the last one I did was maybe on Saturday, and when I was on Sunday night, uh, it was probably around 8 o'clock, my friend Savannah called me. She was driving back to Raleigh from her parents' uh, house. They live just south of Charlotte. And her and I were, were talking, and she went back to South Carolina for her for Mother's Day and her sisters that came up from, from Florida. And it, it got me thinking that probably my next podcast I could do could kind of be like a Mother's Day tribute. Now, obviously, it's a couple days late after Mother's Day, but over the last couple of days, I've on my computer just typed up some notes of, of different stories uh, just so with the interactions between, you know, my mom and myself and then just thinking about some of the other women that are moms that have had a positive impact uh, on my life. So originally it was like I don't know, two days ago I was I went to go do this podcast and I was like seven minutes in. It was like maybe like eight eight o'clock at night and man, I it, I just hit a brick wall and I was exhausted. I was like, nope, we are not doing this today. There's no way. I just I was like, I'm ready for bed and shut it off. I was like, you know, we're going to try again in a couple of days. Oh, I think that was Monday. Uh, you know, now today's Wednesday, May 12th, 6.01 Central Standard Time. So originally this was just going to be Mother, Mother's Day podcast, going to tell some stories and, and, and whatnot. And I got a couple other good things to talk about. So uh, first thing, rolled into sports. And this is more of a local, well, actually, no, got to stop here. So before we get into anything, uh, my friend Miranda... She shot me a text the other day. I think it was after podcast, the second one I did, and I was talking about a different a beer that I was drinking. And so she said, "Hey, every time you, you know, drink a beer, you need to like, you know, put in the comments, you know, what beer you drink." So actually, today, and the people back in Raleigh, you guys are gonna laugh with this, but this is the only thing I have in my fridge here at the hotel. Today's beer is the original Old Tuffy by New Belgium. So. Before I left Raleigh, I had some Tuffies still left in my fridge, and I, I packed them in my car, and I, and I brought them down here to San Antonio, and I just haven't got any more beer for the last couple of days. So anytime that I've had drinks over the last three weeks, it's usually just been you know going out to get a couple of margaritas or any of the restaurants around here. So I, I like Tuffie. People give me crap for it. Like, we'll go somewhere that's, like, relatively nice, and, like, instead of, like, you know, looking at the wall and all the different, you know, beers they have on tap. I'm like, hey, just give me a Tuffy or give me a Storm Brew, uh, which that's the official drink of the Hurricanes. So speaking of Hurricanes, first topic we're going to get into today, talking about sports. So uh, Carolina Hurricanes, division champions, are going to go into the playoffs here. Uh, they're going to be playing the Nashville Predators in their first round game. A uh, special shout out I want to give in this podcast to another podcast that just started is up and coming, the Redneck Hockey Podcast. They're on Spotify. Go ahead and search them. A good good group of guys. I don't know any of them personally. I just somehow saw, I don't even know how I found the account. Maybe it popped up in my Twitter feed. But I've if you any follow me on Instagram, you've seen me share their podcast for. Good group of dudes that get in there. I think there's about three or four of them. And they just sit there, you know, talk about hockey and whatnot. So for all of our... Uh, Canes fans back home, a, a good podcast to check out. They they know a lot more about hockey than I do. I'm with like the Hurricanes, like so. I was never big into hockey growing up, which surprises folks because like I'm like big into Detroit Tigers, and they're like, oh, you never grew up as a Red Wings fan. And in my family, it was never like like our neighbors, like the Canerams, were huge Red Wings fans, and all the people you go to school with were all Wings fans. I just never got into hockey. Until I went to Bowling Green, and then Bowling Green had a pre- pretty good hockey team. So I would start going to games there and then move to Raleigh. And back in 2019, the, the Hurricanes made a playoff run. And right around the time that the playoffs had started, I had met uh, my friend Ashley, who I've been good friends with for over you know, the last two years now. And the Hurricanes ended up drawing the the defending Stanley Cup champs, the Nationals, in the first round. Canes were seven seed. Washington was the two seed. Won that game. Uh, I think the game seven in Washington was like a double overtime. In full transparency, I fell asleep that night, and I woke up to a bunch of texts from, like, Ashley and other folks. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I made it to the next round. 
so it's just going to be honest with you all, going to be a straight shooter that happened. And then kind of the reason why I'm getting all into this is that playoff run, I, I started getting into the Canes because I actually ended up getting to go to the, a second round game. It would have been game three against the Islanders. Uh, Brian Downey, if you're listening, uh, got me tickets. And it's funny the way this worked out. So it was like a Tuesday night. And back where I was working at, we kind of were doing something that was called like a hail and farewell Um where you go through and, and, and new people that are coming to your workplace, you kind of hail them as like welcome them, welcome welcome them in, and the folks who are leaving, you kind of farewell. Usually it's like, hey, you know, go. The you know it started at like four thirty, and so it's like, hey, it's always kind of common knowledge. Hey, before this starts, go down to the 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 shop at pick up a six pack and come back. And so I got a, a six pack of summer shandy, and and honestly, I was I was ripping through it pretty pretty quick, and I was I was. I wouldn't say banged up, like I was able to drive, but was you know enjoyed a couple of brewskis, and and Brian calls me, and usually now Brian works at, worked at the office right next door, and usually if I'm getting a call from from Brian at five thirty on a Wednesday, it's usually something not good. Usually somebody either myself or somebody in our office dropped the ball on a task, something's not getting done, we're getting tasked to do some type of bullshit tasking last second, so I don't answer. Brian calls me again, and I am and I didn't answer, so I pulled out this time, so I'm going to shoot him a text because we're in there in this brief. He calls me a third time, and I'm like, Jesus, something's, something's wrong. So I walk out, and I call him back, and he just goes, hey, man, uh, I got... I got a my, my cousin Mike. He's a season ticket holder with the Canes. Uh, he's got he won four tickets to the to the game three tonight against the Islanders. It's like four four row uh, four rows from the from the glass. Like, do you, I'm getting ready to leave now. Do you want to go? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, tickets for about um, $150 a pop. So his cousin didn't win them. I guess the best way to put it was his name was put in a drawing. His cousin Mikey got a call saying, hey. We've got these four tickets for you, $100, $150 a piece if you are willing to pay that they're yours. So, like, yeah, he bought all four of them and then was looking for two other people to fill them. So I go up to this game, and it was a blast. And Brian drove, so, like, um, I got pretty banged up at the game. And I wasn't living in Raleigh at the time. I was still living down in Fayetteville. And it was an absolute blast. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to another playoff game that year. And then, you know, obviously, unfortunately – the Canes got swept in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Bruins, but you know, look at looking back two years ago, I think the Canes have a better team coming in this year to the playoffs. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's who in terms of the every. I mean, yes, they they're going to come in there with the number one seed, but there's plenty of talented teams that you you can't take any team lightly. And so they just they got Nashville here in the first round. They just played a series against Nashville. Nashville took two out of three, although I, I think that I didn't watch the games, um, but I think the Canes were resting some players. Uh, big thing to touch on this, though, and, and Redneck Hockey just released uh, another podcast today, episode six. I, I saw them post on their social media. I haven't read it yet. I got home from class, did some reading, just ate dinner, and I was like, hey, I wanted to – it was kind of the mood to, hey, do this podcast, so I'll probably listen to it later. Big thing, though, in terms of this, and this can be a touchy subject with some folks, is that Nashville is allowing, for, and if I read the article right, either close to full capacity or full capacity in their arena in downtown Nashville. And Roy Cooper, the governor for North Carolina, is still only, as of now, only allowing 5,000 fans for this for the Canes game so far. Now, Coop came out a couple weeks ago and says that he anticipated by June 1st that most of the capacity restrictions would be lifted, that the mass mandate would still be in place, but most, if not all, capacity restrictions would be lifted. And I, and I guess it brings up the question here. Okay, we're at the playoffs start, and to be honest – I'd even check what day. I think within the next like four or five days. So you're looking at okay. Let's just say May fifteenth. The playoffs are going to start this Saturday. I would like to think that between when Coop made that announcement like three weeks ago that that we would be able to almost go in a sense back to normal by June first. That within that period we could maybe at least go. I think PNC Arena uh, up there in Raleigh holds like eighteen thousand. 
or maybe less than that, that we could go from maybe 5,000 to 10,000 or maybe even 12. I mean, somewhere there where it's not like, oh, hey, we still have to have the 5,000 people. And that's from the mandate that we had like back in February. And as much as I, and I say it's a touchy subject because I've told you guys before, I don't want to act like COVID's not an issue. It's, it's an issue. People have passed away. I think as a country, we're taking steps. People are getting vaccinated. But I, I guess just in this sense, I wish that I know there's so many people in North Carolina who are big sports fans, people all across the state that are Hurricanes fans that are, are doing the right thing and not saying that folks are going out and getting vaccinated just so they hope that Coop will let them go to a full-packed PNC arena for the playoffs or a fully-packed Carter Finley Stadium here in September. I just think that it would be – I think as a state, we've made a lot of progress. I haven't seen any articles published to say that North Carolina has taken a bunch of steps in the negative direction in terms of their COVID numbers. So I, I hope that with the next couple of days, maybe not for games one or two, but maybe – when the series returns, if it returns back to Raleigh in, in this game one or if the Canes make it to the second round, then we get full fans of PNC ready. Because some of the guys that read that cocky were, I saw on their Twitter account were saying, like, hey, like, this isn't a topic that none of the people are talking about. I mean, Nashville is going to be, they're going to be hyped. It's probably the first time that the fans of, of that city, of that state, have been able to go to a full arena cheering for one of their teams. Nashville made a run and was able to secure a spot in the playoffs, kind of similar to how the Canes did back in 2019. I, I, at the time, I was just barely following it, but the Canes had to come back and win their last game of the regular season at home to clinch. It was their first time making the playoffs in 10 years. It, you know, so it was, it was a big deal. So Nashville, uh, from my understanding, kind of did something similar uh one of their games they won against the Canes this weekend was their game to clinch to get into the playoffs. And so, if and maybe that's not even right, too. I'm sure Redneck Hockey guys, if you guys are listening, uh, you can you can correct me on that. But I, I say all that because the Nashville fans are going to be fired up, but it's the Canes are going, going into probably somewhat of a hostile environment. Now, maybe Nashville is not the big hockey town like Boston or Chicago or – some of those other places, but still fans are, are, are going to be fired up. And the Canes could necessarily be at a disadvantage and not have that home ice advantage like they did when Washington and the Islanders and the Boston Bruins came into uh, PNC Arena back in 2019. So you know, keep monitoring the news. Hopefully Coop changes his mind. I, I just feel like we're, we're right there. Like I hope it's not a uh, – it's something where it's like, yeah, man, the Canes are going to have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals before they play in front of you know 5,000 more fans. I hope, too, that if they do allow more fans to come in, they allow tailgating. Because I always told folks, you know, if I was still in, in Raleigh right now, I would maybe not necessarily pay for tickets to go to the game. But if the game started at 7, I'd try to get off work as soon as I can go there and, and, and park and set up a tailgate, pay the $20 fee, set up a TV, and, you know, folks that you know that are going in the game can come over and rip a couple brewskis with you at the tailgate before going in. And folks that, you know, don't want to pay $150 to sit up in the nosebleeds can just sit out, continue to drink uh, cheap beer, maybe get the skillet out there, cook some stuff, and, and enjoy the game and the atmosphere at a tailgate. So look forward to getting back to that at, at some point. In my lifetime, as I, as I mentioned, you know, doing some stuff down here in San Antonio and then, and then getting the opportunity to go to Korea, which I always, as much as I'm going to miss the, the sports, everything back here, looking forward to that. I, a little bit of FOMO today, I was, the NFL schedule came out, well, at least the week one games did. I think that, I think maybe it's 8 o'clock uh, EST is when the whole schedule is going to be announced, but the Lions get have their first game at home against the 49ers. Uh, T. Swift sent me a funny tweet. There's a, a Twitter account. It's called like Detroit Lions Pride or something like that, where it said it was a poll and it was like how many points are the 49ers going to beat the Lions by in game one? And the options were like 60 plus points, between 51 to 59, between 30 to 49, and then it was like 30 plus. Like basically just saying like how like not giving the Lions a chance. And and who knows with Jared Goff. But hey, you take a look at your brownies. Uh getting to start the season where it ended, going back to Kansas City for game one. And that's gonna that's gonna be a barn burner. Uh, I originally when I was looking at the schedule today, I'm part of a a 
Facebook group, the Raleigh Browns Backers Bar. It's Tobacco Road for any of you guys that are in Raleigh. Uh, in that back game room uh, at Tobacco Road, that's usually they block that off, and that's the Browns Backers Bar. The owner of Tobacco Road in Raleigh, I for, feel bad to forget his name. He's originally from Cleveland, and so he kind of puts that together. Other Facebook page, Omar, the guy who's kind of like the who, who runs that whole group, he asked, he was like, hey, like what – you know, games are you looking forward to the most in terms of schedule? A lot of times when these schedules come out, it's, you know, people are looking at, the, okay, let's say, for instance, we got Kansas City and the Browns. We know that they're going to play this year. We just don't know when or what time. So I was like, hey, that'll probably be a Sunday night or a Monday night game. Well, it turns out it's going to be a uh, the 425 p.m. national game for CBS. So definitely should be a barn burner. And that one I will, you know, be able to watch before work over in Korea, so looking forward to that as well. All right, last topic <laughs> I want to touch on before I get in to talk about a Mother's, Mother's Day tribute is uh, <laughs> th- this just happened probably about 20 minutes before I got on here and, and was going to record this. I had to add this to my notes. Mike DeWine, governor of, o- of Ohio, Republican governor. Uh, some pe- I would say he's done a good job of handling covid Hasn't completely let the state gone open, but has done a good job of rewarding the citizens with easing restrictions when they've done what they're supposed to do. I don't know all the details of this, and I've read into it, and I know you guys probably have questions. I'm just going to touch on it, and you all can go Google it. Basically, I think starting next week, for the next five weeks on every Wednesday, Somehow, and, and I think that the names, this is where the, the details get fuzzy. Basically, Mike DeWine is going to pull a name out of a hat or a bowl or something. And it's going to be it's going to be a pool of name of folks that have released their, at least got their first vaccination. And he's going to pull a name every Wednesday for like the next for five weeks straight. And the name that gets pulled as somebody who has taken initiative to go and get their vaccine is going to get one million dollars like and, and i and i read that and i saw it on twitter first when i first saw it and i it was for a, a, a source i didn't know so i was like oh this is a joke and then i saw a news reporter from back home actually tweet it and like more it was getting more i like googled it and then i get on facebook and somebody's streaming this live press conference where he's talking about this it's basically an incentive to have folks go on there and, and get their vaccine. Now, the first thing you think of, you think of five winners, five winners, five gold tickets. Mike DeWine thinks he's the next goddamn Willy Wonka. You know, and, and honestly, I, I don't blame the guy. Uh, he's going to get some kickback, though, because in... Sorry, I had to take a sip of the toughy. He's going to get some kickback because... He mentioned that this this money is already coming from like coronavirus pandemic funds, which like you're gonna have somebody that's gonna come on there in the comments or some reporter that's gonna be like, well, Mister Dewine, you know that's five that's five million dollars that kind of went to something else, which like, I, I I'm sure the, the 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 reporter or whoever is probably got a good point. And here's the thing: whenever you have programs like this where money is giving us something. You could always come up with an idea of where that money could be used elsewhere. And I, and I think that DeWine's a smart enough guy where he thinks like, hey, like $5 million. Like we don't know how big this coronavirus pandemic relief fund is. It could, it could be like $150 million. So $5 million that isn't going to isn't going to be that much of a dent. And, and I think it's going to work with, you know, to, to kind of incentivize folks. You're still going to have the, the, the folks that, that have their their – 1982 uh, blue F, Ford F-150 with the Confederate flag painted on the back that are still, you know, not going to get the vaccine or be like, well, that's your government's just putting in a microchip in your body and that's how they're going to track you, and, you know, and all and all this stuff. You're still going to have those people. But I, I think it's it's an interesting incentive. You know, DeWine's, you know, channel channeling his inner, his inner Willy Wonka. I don't see a problem with it. In this day and age in cancel culture, you can find a problem with everything. Um, and, and so I just kind of, as I'm reading the article, hearing about the story, it's like, hey, I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to, in some ways, it'll, it'll incentivize some folks to, to, to go out and get it and other folks still aren't going to budge. But, hey, you know, more, more, more power to you. 
if if that's what if that's what Governor DeWine wants to do. So all right, so that's my uh, opening here for today. Uh, like I said, that the DeWine story is 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 interesting, to say the least. So so coming on here today, kind of want to get on the topic that I hope, as I discussed, you know, kind of my Mother's Day tribute, that it, it, it makes you guys at the end of the day think about how maybe your mom has has played an important role on on your life, how other mothers have played an important role in your life. It just kind of gets you to think, and hopefully. You thinking about some of those those stories will will, will make you smile. I also, uh, you want to touch on you know as, as we go forward with with Mother's Day, I and I'm not gonna I'll mention this now and we'll get to it later. I've got it written on your notes. I I saw something the other day on 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 Twitter, and it was an article that was written and I and I really I didn't read the article at first because I saw this headline. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, the headline was how Mother's Day is problematic and how it needs to be removed and no longer celebrated. And in the first I see something like this, I'm like, what in the hell? Like, how is Mother's Day problematic? And and then as I opened the article and I was like, you know what? Well, I'm not going to be this guy that just looks at a headline and says, oh, that's stupid. And continue to scroll. I was like, hey, the, the person took the time to write an article. I could at least open it up and kind of skim through it. And, and as I read through it, uh, although I think that this term problematic, it's it's beginning to get tied with any time you say something's problematic, you're basically saying, hey, it needs to be canceled. I think the title could have used a different word. Maybe it was it was, it was was there as an attention grabber. But some of the, the topics that are brought up in the article, I, I think, made sense. And I think it's all ideas and, and situations that that we could be you know aware of as, as days like mother's day and and father's day come around so i'll definitely uh want to want to touch on that later you know as we go through the podcast so you guys know the podcast i i touch on a lot of different things here but i usually like to tie sports into it somehow and so growing up with sports my dad was a coach, uh, still coaches. I, I played sports growing up through, you know, flag football in first grade. I think actually in my first sport was like youth t-ball. Uh, my brother's a senior in high school this year. He's playing uh, his senior year of baseball. Shout out to his team, uh, won, their league champion, won their league championship, and will hopefully get to, to make a run and, and, and potentially – if if they if they play well, could maybe get down to the state tournament in Columbus. Uh, good, they're going to have to beat some good teams to get there, obviously. But I think that if the they maybe have the, the the talent to be able to go make a run, and it always made me think, just from a sports aspect, from all, all the years of, of of mom watching sports and how she always loved to come. And I, I'm assuming there are probably some days where. She had had maybe missed games, but she was always the parent. Like she loved to go. She was never like you know. There'd be times where say, hey, you know, if you can't make it, you can't make it because due to X, Y, and Z. And she's like, oh no, 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 I'll, 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 I'll find a way to get there. And just some some stories uh, thinking about. There was one time I remember where this was back. I think I was in fourth grade in baseball. I thought my mom was gonna kill me, uh, and it, and I don't even know if she would remember this, but. We were, I think it was the first year, it was the third and fourth grade league, played out there at Diamond 2, and I had maybe got walked or hit by pitch or something, and I went to go, like, toss my bat, like, back over the dugout before running to first, and somehow, I don't know, I must have, the bat must have slipped or something, and, like, went over the fence, uh, past the dugout, like, I threw it, like, way too hard, and went past the fence and almost hit another parent, like sitting like past the dugout on the, on the other side of the fence, and I remember my mom standing up. She goes, "Riley Matthew, what what are you you know, just like what are you thinking?" Like, and I remember it was just like it was dead silent because people were like, "Why did he just chuck that bat? He's not even mad or anything." And they you know, and then, and then my mom uh, jumping up, but she was never like what like a, a crazy fan or anything like that. But if there was ever a time where like I threw a fit playing baseball or would slam my headgear on the mat after losing a wrestling match. Uh, she she definitely would not hesitate to come over and let me know, like, hey, man, maybe you need to, uh, you know, pull your head out of your ass and, and, and quit being such a baby. 
And so it was, um, as I look back, some, some memories that stick out is as much as she loved watching myself and my brother play sports, the, the two things that, stories that, that stick out uh, that I'll, and I'll probably remember forever is you know, seeing my mom as I walked off the field for the last time at football pads and then seeing my, my mom after I walked off you know, the, the wrestling mat for the last time. And so I remember with, with football, and sometimes it's always so emotional because you when you have your last football game, and, and every every year that I was varsity, I was sophomore, junior. I mean, junior year I didn't even play. And then senior year, I mean, you, you cry after the last game of the season. I remember like sophomore, junior year, it was not so much because, oh, it's my last game, but it's because, hey, these, these dudes that I've grown up with since primary school, uh, seeing them cry and, 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 and get emotional uh, – one that I that will always stick with me. There's a guy uh, from back home, Drake Delaney. If you're if you're listening, uh, I, I remember after we had our last game, my sophomore. He I was a sophomore. He was a senior. Uh, him crying. Uh, some of those guys love playing with Austin Kutzley. Um, I, I just remember though that that night after my sophomore year, the guys crying, and, and I remember so getting back to tying this back into to to Mother's Day. There's so much emotion with that with the last game and. And, and it's not just for players either. And I remember my mom, she had a, she put something on Facebook about how, oh, man, you know, I just – it seems like yesterday, you know, my my uh, little boy would you run out, run out of the field, you know, and being a first grader playing flag football, and now he's running the field playing uh, his last – you know, his last game, you know, ever – and I remember that that night we had the game. We we got beat by a school, Patrick Henry. They're a pretty good school in our league, and and walking off the field and and, I, and my mom. It was I think she it was hard for her to kind of hold back the tears and and it was you know she was standing there and there was my brother and my dad was a coach so he was kind of uh, walking off and I think you could tell how much how much it means to the the parents to to see their their kids out there and competing and I, and I, and I didn't realize it then. Um, you know, and if I ever have kids, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention this to them. Uh, and I didn't realize it back when I was a kid that how I think how much it meant for and, and how I think happy it would it would make my mom feel knowing that hey I cared about a sport I I wanted to work hard I wanted to represent the community well and just I think there's a special joy not and I don't even know how to describe it I'm I'm not a parent that parents and especially mothers get by seeing their child going out there and, and, and getting to compete. And maybe it's not even sports, but it's uh, in, involved in, in other extracurriculars like, like choir or at my, at my school theater was a big thing that, that, that a, lot of, a lot of students were involved in. And, and then that's something I'll never forget. And, and I, you know, seeing that kind of like emotion, I think she kind of wanted to hold it back. Same with, with wrestling too. Uh, you know, I actually my my last match uh, was actually football. I went out on a loss, but my last wrestling match uh, actually was was able to win. I remember you know walking off the mat. And there's a picture that I have, and it's actually cool because it's my last match was actually in Bowling Green's basketball arena, where I ended up getting to go to college. And I remember that day was kind of weird because I was at this point where I was waiting to hear back if I had get accepted with a scholarship to Bowling Green, and I'd like. It was a weird turning point where, like, I was done with athletics forever. And I, there was a point there where there's, like, a in their basketball arena, they have a big window that, like, overlooks Wooster Street, which is, like, their main street in the college. We're looking out that window later that day after my last match and being like, oh, man, I would, I just would hope that I get the scholarship things work, works out and I get to come to this school. And so that day there was a lot of emotions running through it. And I remember there's a picture, I, I say all that because there's a picture somewhere of my mom and I at that arena that she wanted to take with me afterwards and you can kind of tell too that that she was emotional after that game as well and, and that sort of hit me I was like and I remember after the match like my dad was a coach he was in the corner and, and my mom you know looking up at her and kind of you know giving the thumbs up like hey because I had an injury in football my junior year so even just getting to come back and wrestle my senior year was already an accomplishment in itself and I was a uh average athlete at, at at best in high school you know wasn't anything crazy but regardless my mom never made it about it was never like oh hey you're you're not starting in football or like oh like 
you're not going to go to state and wrestling. And, and as, as a mom, I, as you get older, I don't think I, I see the way other parents treat their kids and they put that pressure on them. Like, Oh, like you need to go to state. You need to go. If you don't make it to state this year, you don't place like this, this, that. And, and looking back now, I definitely appreciated that for my mom, she took the joy of me going out there competing and and that and that was was good enough for her. Not saying that wins and wins and losses don't matter. I hate. I'm not one of those like oh just go out there and compete to have fun. Like no like go out there and freaking win. Go out there and, and and do your best. Like it's not just like oh go out there and have fun. Now you need you need to enjoy it, uh, obviously. But I'm never like that. Of like, I think there's it's always a balance of like hey you need to go out there and enjoy it, but you also need to be competitive. And there, 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 there were, there were times too, where although I don't feel like my mom put pressure on me, there were times that, you know, maybe after a couple of wrestling matches where it was like, Hey, you know, I know that guy was better than you, but you probably could have gone out there and not gotten pinned in 45 seconds. You could have maybe put up a little bit more of a fight. And, and I remember my senior year that actually happened because in our league tournament, I wrestled a guy that was, he ended up going to state that year. And I don't know if he placed and, I had at the league tournament, I had to wrestle in the first match. I got pinned in like 30 seconds. So that's like, I came off the bat. My mom was like, yeah, you couldn't have done any, like you couldn't have put up more of a fight. I actually got to wrestle that guy later back in the third place match. It didn't win, but uh, only got beat maybe like seven to one or something like that. So I was like, well, hey, like I'm not getting pinned this time. And so with that in, in Mother's Day and, and, and sports, it just kind of makes me think of the, the support that mothers give and, and probably a lot of you guys that are here listening, that you're out there playing sports and hopefully maybe take time to look back and if anything, you maybe shoot your mom a text, say, hey, you know, thanks for the support uh, throughout all the years. Because I remember there, there were some kids that I, I competed with that their parents didn't come and it was not because hey they had a parent that had that had passed away or anything they just chose not to, and so I never. Luckily, that was one thing I did. I did realize I was going through, in junior high. I was like, hey, like my mom comes to everything, and and you know my dad was usually there too because he was a coach. So with with that, you know, kind of tying up, or to kind of lead in the next thing. So talking about this will be maybe a little bit more humorous. So now with my mom going through watching me play sports growing up. My mom and I sometimes would tend to butt heads more with me watching sports. Now, I think I've touched on it in some of the other podcasts before where I, I enjoy watching sports, but sometimes a couple of years ago, I get a little too fired up about it, about games and whatnot. And it, I always hate to say that it's like, oh, it's just a game. Like, like, it is and it isn't. Like, people with sports, they take pride in where they're from, and usually they're cheering for these teams that are that are from their home area or whatnot. And, it, and it's and it, all the times it is, it's not just a game. It's more than a game. But I, as I've gotten older, it's like, hey, it's something to get so, like, so amped up about like I used to. And that was my big thing with my mom. If I had a dollar for every time, she would have to tell me, you know, to say, hey, maybe you need you need to dial it back a little bit. Um, this is a story that Savannah and I talked about when I was, because Savannah called me the other day on her way home from from South Carolina, and she's like, hey, I'm listening to your podcast. I like listen to me do a good job. And I had, it was earlier that day where I kind of thought of doing this Mother's Day podcast, though I didn't want to rush it because I don't want to just come out here. I want to take time to think about some stories, put some notes down. Which the other last couple of podcasts I've done with y'all, just kind of been a free shooter, shooting from the hip, coming out here talking, which I think there's some authenticity to that, which that's what I would want this podcast to be. I don't want it to be where I sit for fucking three hours and type up a script. Like, I want it to be genuine. And you, there would, you, listeners wouldn't get anything out if I had some, some typed up script. So I want to take some days to kind of think about it. And this story that I had told Savannah, uh, it happened on Mother's Day a couple years ago. So this would have been Mother's Day. I want to say, let's say Mother's Day 2016. We went up to Detroit for a Tigers game. It was Mother's Day. It was actually pretty packed. We had the standing room only tickets because that was pretty much all that was available. Beautiful day. They were playing the Rangers. As I've touched on in one of the other podcasts, 
growing up, Tigers, four straight division titles from 2011 to 2014, but didn't win a World Series. 2015, they had – it was their second year with uh, Brad Ausmus, who's thankfully not their manager anymore. 2015 was their second season with 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 uh, Asmus. They had a, I don't remember the details, but basically they were going into Atlanta in the last series of the season and had to win two out of three games and got swept to get a playoff spot. So they were close that year. And so this next year coming in with 2016, everyone was kind of like they had some other key players that had left. And I was still coming to grips with, I didn't want to admit it, but coming to grips with the fact that the Tigers' window had closed and the team was not going to be as good as it was. So I was like, this is kind of towards the beginning of the season where I was very like, I was like, okay, like I wanted to believe like, hey, they're going to do well. They're going to do great. But like, I just had the suspicious feeling. I was like, damn it, this, this shit, this season is going to go down the shitter real quick. And so going to the Sunday game on Mother's Day, they were on like a five game losing streak. And they got out. They were up, maybe had like a three nothing lead or something. Top of the eighth inning, they have like a. I, I remember. I can't remember the sequence. It was like back to back doubles, then like two hit batters, and so now the Tigers are down three to one. Dude comes up. I don't remember who it was from Rangers. It hit a grand slam, and I was fucking pissed. I I was I I looked at my mom and dad. I was like, I want to go. I I want to leave. I do not want to be here anymore. Like it was. I was livid. And, and I, I say that because I remember my, my dad had kind of pulled me aside. It was like, hey, like, it's Mother's Day. We came up here for your mom. It'd be great if you could, for once in your life, not be an asshole when we come to a game and the Tigers blow a lead. And so I was like, you know, and at that moment, too, I was like, all right, I'll keep my mouth shut. I didn't see anything for the rest of the game. Uh, the, the drive home was um, – I think towards the end we were kind of joking about it, but in a sense I felt bad because it was like, oh, cool, hey, we're here for Mother's Day, and I go up there and I throw a fit. So at the time, kind of awkward, but but looking back now, kind of funny, and it leads into uh, back in 20, was it been November of 7? No, November of 18, we went to the Lions Thanksgiving game, and that was actually on my mom's birthday. And so the, the morning before I was sitting there and I was, I was getting a coffee, and I actually wasn't – I was, wasn't planning on getting that banged up at the game because we did drunksgiving the night before. So even the thought of drinking alcohol I just gave me a headache. So that morning I was uh, was a struggle bus getting up, and, and my dad he kind of mentioned to me, he, joke, jokingly but somewhat serious, was like, hey, dude, like just remember, today's your mom's birthday, so we go up to this game. It'd be, be pretty cool if like the lines blow it, which they a good chance they will, that you don't act like an asshole. And sure enough... Uh, we go up there, back and forth game. The the Bears, this pissed me off. Trubisky didn't even start. They had Chase Daniel, the old USC quarterback, in their plan. And Stafford threw a pick six. They, they had a chance to go down the field and potentially tie the game with a touchdown extra point. He throws another reception in the end zone. So, like, that day I was, like, very, okay, I learned my lesson from Mother's Day. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I was just kind of like, oh, Darn, you know, you hate to see it, but in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, like at that point too, the Lions were still in playoff contention and could have had a chance to go, but that that game that they they blew against the Bears. So any of you guys that were watching, that was yeah, it was 2018. Stafford threw the pick six, and they got the Bears got the other interception in the end zone, and and even too, it was always as I've gotten older, but been better with 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 watching games, just kind of enjoyed it for the social aspect. But man, I mean, there were times. Uh, the year that Ohio State won the national championship, we were down at our at one of our fr- our friends, and we always watch games. All the adults were upstairs, and they were Ohio State was played at Michigan State, and it was a big game because Michigan State I think had beat them the year before. They started had a couple close games with Michigan State in the years past, and I remember my, my mom like sending me a text. She was like, "If we have to hear you one more time, hear you yelling." All the way up here, like, we're going to go home. So I don't want to go home because I didn't want to go home and watch the game by myself. Uh, same thing that year, too, or, or one of those years, uh, Ohio State played Clemson in the Orange Bowl and about had the game locked up at Ohio State. Kick returner dropped a punt. Clemson ran it back, scored a touchdown. That ended up was like a spiral effect. Uh, that was other game, too, or it sticks out to me, or my mom was like, hey, you just, you just need to chill. It's just a game. So I've always – 
appreciated in terms of as the fan growing up, the the grace that my mom has given me just for me be a fan, me getting into games. Um, I, I do remember though, and this is this is bad. I had put a two thousand six World Series. I it was game five. Tigers were playing in, in St. Louis. They were getting beaten. I didn't want to watch the game anymore, but I was like. I couldn't stand watching it, but I went in my room and I put it on my little Sony Walkman radio. And I remember like Brandon Inch struck out and I took my radio and I threw it against the wall. Batteries popped out and everything. Uh, and my mom like, oh, she hears it. She opens the door, turns the light on. She sees the radio there. The radio actually still worked after that, surprisingly. Um, and I was like kind of like tearing up and stuff because the Tigers had a magical season. They went from like... You know, I think finishing last in the division of the year before to you know going all the way to the World Series, and in that moment she kind of came up to my bed, and she just kind of like sat down, pat me on the back. She's like, "Hey, you had a fun year watching them. Like they'll be back next year." So, you know, there's times too where I think she she saw how much I cared about watching some of these teams, and in a, in a moment where it would have warranted maybe a, a you know a, a spanking or or whatnot. Um, actually not spanking is probably not the right term. It would have been weird me being in sixth grade, but it, it, my actions would have warranted some type of, of discipline. And, you know, she just kind of came and just would, would pat me on the back, give me a hug, be like, Hey, you know, go in and, 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 and get them next year. And so just from, from that aspect and, and moms always do so much, like it doesn't, it won't, it wouldn't do justice you know, with just this podcast, like my mom personally has done, done so much for, for, for me and, and, and my life that I, I could, I could just sum it up in, in, in one podcast. Those are just some, some, some stories that I thought of, but even too, I, you know, I want y'all to think about, you know, some other mothers that have, have had a positive impact in, in, in your, in your life. And a lot of times I just look at the moms of the kids that I competed with, where it'd be, you know, after a, uh, one thing that I'll always remember is win or loss, if there was a chance or, hey, you're in a wrestling tournament and you would would have a, a big win and you go up and talk to your mom or, or your parent and all the other parents that are sitting in the bleachers are either giving you high fives, like, hell yeah, that was a heck of a match, or like giving you the pat on the back, be like, hey, man, you'll, you'll get them next time. And that's one thing, and it, it, it actually, I didn't even think of that until now, that I loved with with wrestling because like in football, like you wouldn't get that until I mean you get after the game, parents would come up, come in the locker room. But in 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 wrestling, that was like a big like it'd be hey you know I feel like after football, if you score a touchdown, like parents aren't there you know giving you high fives and stuff. But after a wrestling match, like you win, and maybe if it's like you're of the district tournament, you just punch your ticket to state and the the Concy semis, you're gonna go to the third place match. You'll probably get. You'll run off the mat. You'll put your 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 shirt back on. You'll run up and you'll go give your mom a hug. And I always loved that. And all the other parents and stuff would just come in and kind of almost be a mob scene up in the damn bleachers, of parents parents getting fired up. And especially the the moms too. There there was a period in time with with wrestling where sometimes I would be kind of a shithead, where I would lose a match and not want to hear what else my mom would have to say because there, there were times like she wasn't by any chance me but even if i i didn't take any type of criticism well uh in those moments usually she'd be offering good constructive criticism like hey you know like maybe next time uh if you don't hang your head on the mat you won't get your head caught and get put to your back and get pinned it's stuff that like hey like if my coach said i wouldn't bat an eye but for some reason because it came in the moment in that moment for my mom i would just get all fired up so there'd be times I wouldn't even, I wouldn't want to, hey, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody, but they were like, I'd go over and sit at the corner of the bleachers and just kind of throw a, a fucking pity party for myself. And there'd be moms that would come up and still kind of sit down, pat me on the back and, and whatnot. And so, cause I think they see that too, even though the boys aren't their, aren't their biological sons, they're still, they maybe would consider them, you know, one of their boys. And so I will, I'll always remember that. Even too with with my mom being a, a, a military parent and with, with me not being able to be at home uh, as much, and then obviously with with me going to, to Korea, I, I told her we we talk about Korea, and I tell her I said, hey, it's gonna be tough, but probably be over there for two years, and then you know we'll maybe do a, another year or two here in the states, and then and then that'll that'll probably be it with uh, with with military. So I kind of like 
I, I say that and say like, hey, like I'm doing this, and then I, and then there's no more moving around, no more nothing. It's like, hey, probably coming back to Raleigh, and 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 that's where I'll be. I'll be able to come home a couple, you know, um, every month or or bi-monthly and stuff like that. And so that's another thing too that I always appreciate with my mom is that's not always an easy thing to to balance. And even though I'm I'm not a I've never haven't done a deployment. Um, not never been to a combat zone. Not, I mean, I'm a what I do. I'm not a front lines uh, uh, trigger puller by 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 any means. Uh, but but still, it can be can be stressful for for parents just for maybe not being able to be as home as much as as some other fan as some other of my peers that you know, I went to college with or or went to high school with. And the first time I ever, this is one thing that, that stands out with me in, in terms of, you know, mothers and having their, their sons or daughters in the military. We had a, um, at our school, one of the days they did a, a Veterans Day tribute where they, like, they played this kind of like a tearjerker, you know, coming home kind of video after they had a speaker. And there's a, a girl I went to high school with. Her mom was a, a sub did a, had a couple different teaching roles, and I think she was a substitute teacher and, and did a lot of good work with some of the, uh, the, the students that within the special education program at my high school. And she had an older son that my dad actually coached in football who was, was in the Army, and I think at the time was on a deployment. And I remember walking out of that, uh, I think it was maybe like a sophomore in high school, and walking out of that, they, like the Veterans Day Assembly, and she was absolutely like just bawling, uh, and 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 I had, and, and it kind of hit me then, and it, it, it kind of clicked. And I didn't know it at first, and I asked somebody, I was like, "Hey, like, why is like is she okay?" And somebody who was good friends with the girl who was in our grade, she goes, "Well, hey, like, uh, her brother or you know, the 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 teacher's son, uh, he's actually on a deployment right now in Iraq." And I was like, "Oh, like, you know, make make sense and." And, and there was a chance a couple years ago, I had almost, you know, wanted a, a deployment, um, ended up not going. And I can't imagine the the stress. And, and like I said, with, with me, and when I talk about that deployment, I told my mom, I was like, hey, like, obviously there's anything can happen when, when you go over there. But I was like, I'm not going to be going on like patrols and stuff that you see on the movies. But this guy who had was the son of one of these uh, substitute teachers that I had. He was was out there, you know, and, and engaged in, in you know in, in some some serious stuff where he was doing a lot of good work. But definitely, anytime he was executing his mission, his life was 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 at risk. And I think we, we to the to the military moms out there. I mean, man, like it just they they go through 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 so much, and it just it's 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 tough because I. As I'm sitting here talking, I just think I'm like, man, there's so much we could talk about uh, in in this in this time span of of, of so much to be thankful. Even with my mom, I might, I might come on here again and do another Mother's Day tribute about about things. You know, I hear touch on some of the, the the sports stuff and just some of the 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 stories I've had with my mom. Where there's so many times where I think she, there may be times where like in terms of just the way I was maybe a shithead, whether me not being able to take a loss well off the wrestling mat or me being just an idiot, a jackass, yelling at the TV, watching sports where like she chose grace and compassion over maybe doing what her, her gut were telling her and say, Hey, like go over there and slap that boy across the face. Um, so I always will be appreciative of that. Going on the next topic here. Sorry. I had to, uh, polish off the old tuppy there um for those of you maybe tuned in late um as by request of miss miss miranda uh at mc every beer that i i drink during uh podcasts i go out there and talk about it and give it a shout out in the comments so at today's uh new belgium the original old tuffe premium lager the pride of the wolf pack uh for those of you that don't know this beer it's got a Tuffy, the uh, NC State mascot, on it. So I always joke with folks back home, like, hey, like, I don't see a beer can with Brutus the Baca on it, but look at NC State's got one with their mascot. So uh, always there as I kind of, you know, talk crap with with the folks that are always like, I don't get it why you like Raleigh. Why don't you come back to Columbus? Uh, you're Ohio State fans. So you do well in Columbus. I was like, hey, 
there's a lot of cool things in Raleigh. Plus, you're like an hour and a half away from the beach, so you can't beat that. Okay, back on track here. So talking about this this Mother's Day, this when I, and I mentioned earlier about this article that I saw that Mother's Day is problematic. And I remember seeing this, and I like my first instinct when I see some st- stuff like this is I, in terms of the ideas of, of cancel culture, I, I think it's good to always evaluate. Because I never want to be this like oh a guy like oh well, this is the way we've always done it and or and then be like oh well like nobody's had a problem with Dr. Seuss books in the past so why are we having a problem with it now I think as we progress as a society and we find things that in a sense have hidden you know hidden racial meanings that maybe we didn't find but as we see like a Disney movie or we see in a in a Dr. Seuss book hey like some stuff that like hey like maybe that gives off a really negative racial connotation or like, Hey, maybe that has a underlying hidden meaning that is really offensive. I, I, I'm all, I'm all for that. Like to say, Hey, if that, if we feel that, Hey, you know, maybe removing these book titles or no longer printing them or selling them or like maybe not necessarily, you know, stopping the sale of this movie, but you know, maybe not putting these certain movies on Disney plus I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, I'm always hesitant though because I feel like there's too many things within society that uh, fall into that cancel culture, like the the Mister and Mrs. Potato Head thing and how the Potato Head shouldn't have a gender. Like it's things like that where I'm kind of like, okay, like now we're kind of stretching a little bit because I I I'm all for the K if you feel you want to pick your gender whether it's male, female, or or unide- unidentified, that's fine. But I was like, I don't think it should get to the point where we should have to say like oh man like we have to discontinue the mr and mrs potato head it just has to be potato head i don't think that's doing much harm and it would so stuff like that i'm what i'm getting to here is that i'm trying to get better at you know i would see a headline of like oh this is problematic and usually my first reaction to stuff like that is like what in the hell so i'm trying to get better although sometimes that might be my reaction i'm like take like all right take a deep breath like Maybe open the article, read through it. Maybe they have something to say. So when I saw this, uh, Mother's Day is problematic. The first thing I think is, okay, this person is just trying to get, you know, on this day where where people are, or usually your social media feed is, is filled with people with a picture of their mom celebrating motherhood and, and mothers. I was like, I was like, okay, like of all the days, like you just take this day just to try to draw the attention from people that are, saying good things about their mom on here just so you can get a couple extra damn retweets and, and, and likes on this article. So I go ahead and I and I open it up and after reading through it, it did bring up some some things to to think about that it's that I that as the next Mother's Day rolls around, especially with, with Father's Day coming up. Just some some stuff to think about. So in the article it brought up the idea of like, hey, you know, Mother's Day can necessarily be could be considered problematic because there's some uh, ladies out there who maybe can't have a kid or are maybe want to adopt but are not in a financial position to where they think that hey they can they can maybe have a have a child with within their household and and, and the, you know and that brought up a good point that I was like you know what there I to me I, I thought they, they were right with that that sometimes there there are couples that struggle um, with fertility and I always there there's a girl and, and with this podcast I'll never um, unless the, I was doing something on here and the person would give permission, I would never want to get to, to, to give a, a, a by name uh, on here. But there's a girl that I um, went to school with and I, I've never, maybe I should, I should text her this and tell her, but she was always, the one thing I appreciate is she was, her and her, her husband were, were, were trying to have a kid or having some struggles with it. She was very open on social media about that. Uh, and they actually just had a baby girl a couple weeks ago and for, for that, it's I always appreciate folks sharing it because sometimes like people think like, oh, you're just sharing that on social media so you'll get some likes on a picture and whatnot. But to, then the other side of that coin, not, I'm not one that I don't see stuff like that and, and say that I've looking at that per- perspective of, hey, there's people are being vulnerable and because they share that, I think that there's other folks that when you come out there on, on, on your Facebook, you're like, hey, I'm struggling with you know, I'm having issues with, with infertility or like, I'm, I, yeah, I had a bad drinking problem. It lets other people that may have those same issues know that, that they're not alone. And so when I was kind of reading this article, it, it made me think that, hey, that Mother's Day, that, that can be hard for a uh, somebody, a, 
a 28-year-old who's been trying to have kids for the last four years. They got married when they were 22, and he's been trying to have kids and can't. And so they see you know, these different posts of the you know their their friend's husband you know posted a picture of saying hey you know so thankful for for Susie and everything that she does for our family, and although I don't think Mother's Day can should by any means be canceled or we should celebrate it. I think that the next time when these type holidays come around, uh, we are cognizant of that. And if we know that we have friends like, Hey, that for instance, you know, we have this, my friend Susie and, 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 and Bob, I know that they've been trying to have a kid. Maybe, you know, it would probably do wonders to shoot, you know, Susie a text and, you know, say something like, Hey, like I know this day could be tough, but you know, still wishing you the best. And, and there's so many ladies in our, in our life that maybe aren't necessarily a mother, maybe have never adopted a child or given birth to a child, but the way they've cared for others and the way they maybe serve their communities or, or serve their, the people in their friendships, uh, have, have definitely made an impact that, that a mother would. And so as we look forward to, to the, to other holidays, the next mother's day like this, some, something to think about as you take a look as, Hey, there might be some people in your life that aren't necessarily wouldn't, fall under what our society is defined as a mother, but they've made an impact on your life and the lives of others like a mother would have. And it doesn't take much to just shoot a text or to shoot a phone call to somebody to let them know that, to let them know, hey, you, you, you've, you've made an impact. Like, hey, this day is for you as well. Same, same is going to, you know, come for, for, for Father's Day. Uh, coming up here, and you know, I'll probably do a, a, a Father's Day uh, tribute show as, as that day uh, uh, rolls around here. So sometimes Mother's Day can be can be hard for for folks to have kids, and I think that we we acknowledge that and can can reach out to those folks that that we know are struggling. Uh, you'd be surprised that that could, that could that could make a difference uh, for folks. I saw on this article too; it, it, it talked about that. Um, Sometimes Mother's Day can be hard for maybe parents who, who gave birth to a kid who has a disability. And, and, and this, as I was reading through, their, their explanation was because sometimes parents, and I'm not a parent, so I don't know this personally, but the girl who had written this article had a child with a disability. She said there were times where she felt like she was almost to blame for like the, the reason why maybe her, her child had, had Down syndrome. And with that, I it's 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 a hard. I, I'm very careful in, in the way I I, I I I talk about this, because I can't imagine seeing some of the, the parents I know who have kids with disabilities. Um, raising a kid on your own um, is is a challenge in itself, and then to 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 raise a kid who has special needs um, all altogether is a is a whole new challenge. Uh, and so sometimes there's. In the part of the, in the article, this girl was getting at is like the the mothers who who raise kids with disabilities. I think at some point, all mothers, regardless whether your your child has special needs or not, you know, get overwhelmed. But sometimes the the mothers of uh, who raise kids with special needs have their have their own challenges with that. And so, in this point, she had mentioned she was like that. Maybe sometimes those mothers don't get enough credit that they deserve. So kind of going to, to back to what I was talking about earlier, that if you know those those parents who have kids with, with, with special needs, even now I do too of folks that I could go on my Facebook feed, folks from my hometown that I honestly probably after this podcast I could, you know, send them a Facebook message and be like, hey, like I know that sometimes like your motherhood has given you maybe some challenges that you never expected um, but you know, just want to, want to tell you like, Hey, you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Maybe there's days you feel like you aren't, but like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the, the best job that you can. And that too, for, if you have that ability, you know, somebody to be able to shoot that in that message and say, Hey, it's tough. Um, I, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, so I would always remember there was a, uh, it, I can't remember the I can't remember the kid's name. I went to, went to school with him though. Um, we were talking about when I mentioned earlier about other parents, you know, treating their their uh, the the kids of their sports team almost like they're. We had a kid that went to our school, and I and I feel I feel really bad. I I you know don't even as I wouldn't say his name on here, but I don't remember his name. But her his mom would always come to all the football games, 
And afterwards, we'd be we'd be going to the locker room, would always be like giving us high fives and and coming after the game and kind of talking to us it's like, hey, you know, you guys, you guys did a good job today. You know, good good work. We come out here and 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 you know, we love watching you play. And so I always wish, looking back now, that I. A lot of times I would just say, you know, thank you. But I wish I would have said, like, hey, you know, thanks for coming out here and supporting us. Like, um, you know, there's maybe times that she wished that she could have watched her son go out there and, and play on Friday Night Lights. Um, but, you know, she was – her 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 son always loved – it seemed like always loved coming to the games. He's one of those uh, kids. He'd have his own uh, – he'd get his own football jersey and, and would, would wear it. You'd see him in the hallways at school on Fridays. And although maybe she, she didn't get to come and – have had the opportunity to to watch her son play on Friday nights. She loved coming there, bringing him into the to the stadium and, and get and getting to cheer us on. And so, getting back to how I, I came with this, the article I don't have it here in front of me. That just those are just some of the kind of the points that 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 stood out to me. And and going back to the original point that I, I don't think Mother's Day, although I could see, I don't think it would be considered problematic as a hey, like hey Mother's Day needs to be canceled. But just having that awareness as you, as you, as we move forward, and, and and there's you know there's some especially this year with COVID, there's some people that are celebrating this mother, celebrated this Mother's Day for the first time without their mother, and so it it can be very hard to get on Instagram, to get on Facebook, and see everyone, you know, at the at the lake for the Mother's Day Sunday, you know, dinner, you know, and they everyone gets all dressed up and they take the nice the nice picture with 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 their mom. And um, it can be hard to see that and, and to know that um, you, you can't call your call your mom today or, or you know, your mom is not going to be able to be there to um, to to help you get ready on your on your wedding day. Something that I meant to put this in my notes and I didn't. But I just remember this. This this really stood out to me. Um, I was on Twitter. There's a guy on Twitter. Um, he works for ESPN Network. His name's Tony Barnhart. If anybody watches the Paul Feinbaum show, which I'm surprised I'm into episode four of my podcast. This is the first, is the first time of me mentioning the Paul Feinbaum show. Probably one of my favorite shows ever to watch. Don't even explain to y'all what it is. You guys can go and, and look it up. Tony tweeted a, a video of Bear Bryant. For those of you guys who know Bear Bryant, he was uh, head coach at Alabama for, uh, for I don't know, like 20 years or something. Won like six national championships there uh, with that school and he tweeted a commercial that Bear Bryant did uh, back in the 80s and it was about Mother's Day and it was like you know hey you know make sure you take this day this time today to call your mother and then after that he says you know I wish I could still call my mom and I was like damn uh, some some of those things you, you you take for granted now I was planning on calling my mom before I saw that but it just kind of like it, it kind of reinforce that idea of like hey like take advantage to you know call your mom and say like hey you know thank you you know happy mother's day um and everything like that and sometimes too this made me think of another point that was in the article of how sometimes we we should celebrate moms you know every day of the year not just not just mother's day like we should just wait until a sunday the second sunday in may to go out and buy our mom's flowers that you know we should we should show those um, acts of gratitude more often, which which honestly I I'm all for it, and I would hope that um, that I could do in the future. A lot of times it would be it's not necessarily um, I I've tried to have been cognizant of that over the last couple of years. Like there will be times I'll be um, scrolling through on Instagram, and there will be like a funny shirt or something. I'll come up. Like I know a couple of weeks ago I saw there was uh, Ohio State, their motto, it's best, best damn band in the land. So like months ago, I saw this shirt from Ohio clothing that said best damn mom in the land. So like, you know, I text my mom, I was like, Hey, like, I could, I always forget what size she wears. So it's like, what size shirt do you wear? And she's like, Oh, this size. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, I can't tell you like what's your work address again, you know, trying to send her a surprise and, and whatnot. And so, you know, I think I think that's probably all about I have uh, with this with Mother's Day. So hopefully this, you know, maybe some of those stories about the relationship with my mom made you laugh, and then hopefully it just kind of makes you think on different ways that we could show appreciation for those special ladies that are in our life. So um, to everyone back home and in, in Ohio and Raleigh, I miss you. 
Uh, hope y'all are doing well. For those of you guys that are that are back in North Carolina, I'm going to leave with the, leave you with this: Hurricanes have a good chance to make a run in the playoffs this year. Coop, if he allows full stadiums, you know there could be a, a chance where Canes make the Stanley Cup final and get the Easter Cup Easter Cup final or Stanley Cup final. There's going to be a lot of national eyes on Raleigh. A story that I. Completely forgot to leave out of my notes, but it's a good story to leave you all, and I'm actually going to touch back on this. Oakland Athletics announced that they're looking to potentially move their team to a different city after the city of Oakland's like continually giving them flack on not approving a new stadium that they need. There is a website called uh, like bringmlbtoraleigh.com where there's a good case to bring an MLB team to the Oak City. Now, Jacob Landry, if you're listening, him and I have always gone back and forth because he thinks a team should go to D. He thinks that teams like Nash, cities like Nashville or Charlotte have a better chance to get an MLB team before Raleigh. I say all that to, to, to the Raleigh folks because if we get the national spotlight, we get full fans, no COVID restrictions. I want you to show the rest of the nation the passionate fan base that the city of Raleigh can put out. And I think that we have no better chance to exemplify that than, you know, with with cheering the Canes on here in in, in, in the postseason. Now, some of you guys, I can I can already see maybe Dirty Mike hearing me say that and laugh, and Jacob laughing, but 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 I mean it. And I think that with the way the city of Raleigh is growing, neither North Carolina nor South Carolina has a pro team. I think I think it's a it's a it's a perfect opportunity to kind of maybe PNC will be freaking rocking. And there will be somebody in the Oakland Athletics um, Department will see that maybe kind of take note. I know that Raleigh has to be one of the, the cities that they've looked at. So it would be cool to, cooler to see the, the Canes make a run and our passionate fan base get some, some national uh, spotlight. So that's all I have for you folks today here on Wednesday, May 12th. Uh, hope you all are doing well. Stay safe. Make sure y'all go out and enjoy a couple of brewskis, and I will hear, hopefully y'all will hear from me sometime soon. This is the Burning Bridges Podcast with Uncle Riles. I am Uncle Riles. Good night, everybody.